0: Good evening. Welcome to the Snake River Live podcast. It's been uh, quite a few days since I last recorded, and I apologize for that. Thank you so much for listening. Um, today is the 7th of February. It's a day that, a uh, very important uh, day in history, is in 1974 that the movie Blazing Saddles was released. A movie which, by the way, could not be made today a movie which is completely misunderstood by the vast majority of people and yet consistently ranks as one of the funniest movies of all time in exchange for its humorous take on westerns it destroyed the western genre for nearly 10 years anyway welcome to the lib there's so many things that are going on that i'm really actually not sure where to begin And so let's just begin by talking about what's going on in Canada. Uh, What's going on in Canada right now is you have a protest of the mask mandate for people who spend nearly their entire lives alone. Truck drivers. They spend their time in their truck driving. They spend their time in their truck sleeping. And the only time that they're not in their truck is when they are at home, which is not common. Or when they are stopped for gas or food. And yet the Canadian government has mandated masks uh, for everybody and vaccines. You know the drill. So the truck drivers of Canada decided they were going to do something about it. And so they staged a significant convoy uh, all across Canada, driving to Ottawa, the capital of uh, the Canadian government, to protest these mask mandates. In exchange for that, the the prime minister, uh, blackface Justin Trudeau, who the reason I say blackface is more than once he was uh, in blackface as some part of gag, I guess, Um, yet he still has his job. Um, He inadvertently tested positive for COVID, even though he is vaccinated and boosted and, and wears a mask when cameras are around. But he's left Ottawa because he's isolating himself. Or, probably more likely, because he's afraid. You see, when leftist protesters come to town, they usually tend to break things and steal things and hurt people. These truck drivers are not people that are there to, uh, they're just there protesting the fact that government has a stupid mask mandate on them. So, here's a question that's being asked frequently, is, why is it that these people who as yet have not acted out in violence, although I'm sure there's probably some on on the fringe of the movement that does, but we would be hearing about it nonstop if that were indeed the case. In fact, the only acts of violence in connection with this protest have been anti-protesters. But yet the media is comparing this to an insurrection. Um, Canadian government officials are calling it sedition. So let me ask a question. Karl Marx is notorious for his statement, Workers of the World Unite. And yet here you have workers uniting. And the same leftists who adore Marx and worship at his feet. And, you know, Marx is a dirtbag who wouldn't pay his own bills, and the only way that he was even able to survive was that he had brainwashed to Ingalls, Frederick and who was the heir of a manufacturing concern, and so had money. Funny how we wouldn't even know about Marx if it had not been for capitalism. Deadbeat. Anyway. They're just doing what Marx advocated, workers of the world unite. And here they are united in a cause and purpose. And not only are they united in Canada, but they've united world round. Now, here's the thing. Contrary to the United States, where nominally speaking, you have a freedom of speech. Canada has no such freedom. Their speech laws are actually rather gross, to, for lack of another term. In fact, most, you know, except for uh, nebulous UN-defined rights, such as healthcare, care, education, um, residence, food, etc., you know, all those rights, which, by the way, uh, mandate that somebody else do something for you. And so technically are not rights. But yet real rights. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. You know, when the United States was founded, the Constitution was was, uh, ratified and the Bill of Rights also ratified. Something happened that had never happened before in that it was determined that the best that government could do is protect the rights of individuals. Government doesn't grant rights. Government only has one power and that's to take them away. Even in the most neutral setting, the best that they can do is to protect a a general standard of your rights, such as protecting your life with laws regarding murder, protecting your property with regards to theft, and regarding your liberty in regards to kidnapping, enslavement, etc., Don't give me what about the slaves. I get so sick of that. You know, this is a different time. And the founders knew. That that had to end at some point. And this nation paid a terrible price. To end it. Including the loss of the 16th president. Abraham Lincoln who was murdered because he felt the cause that he was fighting in was just and he wanted to secure the blessings of liberty for all not just white male property owners. But I digress. Leftists, of course, don't really mean workers of the world unite. Unless it's to unite behind them. We have a problem at the border right now, um, which has been ongoing since... Since January 20th of last year. It's so easy to fix these problems. And they refuse to do it. Because they don't see it as a problem. They don't mind the invasion. They don't mind the fact. That we do not control our sovereign border with Mexico. The drug cartels do. They don't mind the 100,000 people a year dying from fentanyl overdoses. They don't mind clamping down on the rights of Americans to travel, the rights of Americans to not have to have the gun to their head regarding a shot, but yet they do nothing to prevent people from coming across the border with all sorts of diseases. They're not tested. They don't even need an ID to get on a plane. All they have to do is show that they have an ICE warrant for them. I wonder if I had a parking ticket, if I could show the parking ticket as a form of ID at the airport. You already know the answer to that, of course not. And it shouldn't be. Of course, the administration has been caught in a lie in that they say that the only people that they're really letting in and dispersing throughout the country are families with children. And yet videotape has been released showing that single males unvetted, untested are being shipped all over the country. What is this world coming to? In a discussion with the Chairman and ranking member of the Judiciary Committee regarding the upcoming Supreme Court nomination, President Biden essentially said that he's not going to uphold his oath regarding um, defending the Constitution. Perhaps he didn't say it in those words. What he did say, however, was that the reason that these fights are so tense and such is because the Constitution is always changing. Remember, the Supreme Court ruled that blacks were could never be citizens. The Supreme Court also ruled that separate but equal is perfectly fine. Did you know that in Plessy versus Ferguson, that it was the business that was inconvenienced by the segregation law that wanted the law overturned? It wasn't some government trying to emancipate and integrate blacks and whites, but it was the government that was keeping them apart. And it was the business, the public accommodation, if you will, that was against segregation. Bet you didn't know that. But anyway, President Biden errs because you see the Constitution doesn't change, or shouldn't, except when amended either by two-thirds majority in the House and Senate ratified by three-quarters of the state legislatures or when two-thirds of the state legislatures vote for a convention, they can go to convention, amendments can be proposed, there's some difference of opinion as to how that would look, but ultimately, you have to have a significant majority uh, on the amendments for those to go out to be ratified, and then, even still, no matter what comes out of the convention, uh, in the case of today, 38 states have to ratify um, a proposed amendment for it to become an amendment to the Constitution. So it doesn't matter what comes out. You want to try to repeal the Second Amendment? That's fine. Go ahead. See if you can get 38 states to sign off on that. That's how you change the Constitution. If the Constitution was meant to be flexible, there would not be an amendment process. And yes, that amendment process is intended to be hard. Because remember, the Constitution is not intended to put limits on the citizens, even though many people who were at the Constitution convention and walked away, many patriots, Richard Lighthorse, Lee, um, Patrick Henry. Many of these people walked away from the from it because they saw the Constitution as potentially becoming what it is has indeed come, become, a limit on liberties of individuals and no longer a restraint on government. And of course, it took you know, 150 years for that restraint on the government to be shredded, which it happened during the progressive area of the early 20th century, as well as the New Deal, when a whole government was created out of whole cloth that is not, that makes laws, but is not accountable via elections. The bureaucracy. Once that was created, then now you see government putting limits on people, which it was not ever supposed to be able to do. The only limits on people were when they violated other people's rights. Now it's the government that violates your rights all the time. We're going to take a short break. Be right back. Good morning, and uh, thank you for listening. This is just going to just be a brief addendum to the uh, podcast because what I had recorded last night, the second half of it, uh, did not record, and my computer crashed, and so that recording is lost. I just wanted to uh, finalize what we were talking about yesterday. about the importance of freedom, about the importance of upholding the Constitution, and that people in uh, in Washington need to be held accountable. The one thing that the government is supposed to do is secure the borders, and they haven't done that. They talk about a right to health care and about universal access. The problem is, is that There's a cost to that. And add to that cost the the limitation of number of providers, the fact that uh, regulations, the fact that malpractice insurance, the cost of it, uh, which would uh, speak to legal reforms that are necessary in the system. There's a huge difference between a medical provider making an honest mistake trying to do their job and somebody actually committing malpractice. A nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant should know the limitations of what they can do and more importantly what they cannot do and what they cannot treat and need to be willing to refer those people to qualified medical doctors. Until we get the situation resolved with the number of practitioners, whether they be doctors or or PAs or nurse practitioners, it doesn't matter. Regardless of whether everybody has insurance, which by law, everybody should have insurance, that doesn't still guarantee access. ERs are clogged across this nation with people who, because they cannot afford to go to a doctor, are going to the ER where they cannot be turned away. ERs are not cheap. Uh, to run a uh, uh, an ER requires having nearly... Most equipment at your disposal 24-7 requires uh, very qualified doctors, nurses, etc. to handle whatever kind of situation may come in, at least until if a specialist is needed, a specialist can be uh, woken up and brought in. That comes at a cost. And when that cost is being borne by the hospital, borne by the taxpayers through subsidizing the hospital, access becomes limited and healthcare costs increase. I want you to remember as the President and the Democrats in Congress are trying to do an end run around uh, Mansion and Cinema trying to get anything that will pass coming up before the the midterm elections. I want you to remember this. When they passed the Affordable Care Act in 2010, we were promised, one, that if you liked your doctor or if you liked your plan, you could keep your plan. And two, that the Affordable Care Act would result in the average savings of premiums to... $2,500 annually per family. Of course, when 2013 came and people were forced to get on the plan, we immediately found out that it was all a crock. We found out that most plans, or many plans, went away. Especially those plans that individuals were on, independent of a group uh, plan. We found that your new plan on the healthcare.gov website may not include the doctor that you've been used to seeing. In fact, PolitiFact said that that was the lie of the year for 2013. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Millions of Americans found that they could not. And so so today we're finding out that they're going to start going through the Build Back Better and they're going to cut it out and then they're going to turn around and they're going to try to sell it to as as if Build Back Better had never existed. They're going to say this is what we need. So the question that we should all ask is if this is what we need, what was the rest of the stuff you were putting into it? Just like the... uh, The um, infrastructure package, which was 10% infrastructure and uh, 90% BS, which actually is, well, that's actually a little bit worse than what government is, where, you know, for needs-based assistance, 85 cents out of every dollar goes to government cost. Only 15 cents for every dollar spent actually makes it to the people that need it. So this is... Well, it's not, it's worse than that, but not significantly worse. So, as they come back with whatever their bill they're coming back with next, you have to ask why did you cut out all that other stuff if it was absolutely crucial to build back better? Also, need to ask what we're doing to secure the border. COVID deaths right now, we're going to be, we're oh, 900,000, I believe, or so. We're going to hit a million. More than half of those uh, were killed by Joe Biden, according to his logic that he used during the 2020 campaign. According to Democrats' logic, More than half of all those deaths are lay at the feet of Joe Biden. Now ask yourself this, because the Affordable Care Act was actually a tremendous gift to pharmaceutical companies, to medical providers, insurance companies, etc. Have to ask what the gift is for... Big Pharma, in particular, these mandates. The fact that the government is buying the shots and providing them for people. Okay. You have to ask yourself if President Trump had won, what would we be hearing from the very same people? Now, for the record, President Trump has come out, and while he's against mandates, has said that people should get vaccinated, people should get the booster. And he's led by example. Compare that to the people who it depends on which party is in power as to whether or not they support the program. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden both said that they were reluctant to take the Trump vaccine. And yet here we are, a full year into Biden's presidency, and I'm not even sure that we are starting to get into vaccinations that Biden actually purchased. We probably are. I mean, so many people getting vaccinated and getting boosters and such that we're probably getting down to the point where the hundreds of millions of vaccinations that were purchased by the Trump administration are probably gone. We were promised that if we had the vaccine, we wouldn't get COVID. How's that working out? Does the vaccine help? Of course it does. Does it help mitigate symptoms and severity of the disease? I presume it does. I'm not a scientist, but that's all issues indicate that. But we have Johns Hopkins coming out, pointing out that the lockdowns, essentially had no impact on fatalities think about that for a moment we crashed our economy for nothing and now you've got teachers in Colorado that sick out because They don't like the direction that the popularly elected school board went. I think 1,300 out of 1,500 teachers sicked out. You know what that is? That's a job action. They can say it wasn't. But that's something that the the teachers union there could uh, could credibly be accused of, and could probably win in court. School boards are duly elected by the people to manage the businesses of the school business of the school district. Personally, I wish my school board would say, "We're going to make the tough choice to to get off the federal teat." And to not take federal money. That's very draconian. But ultimately, you know, that frees you from having to march in lockstep with the federal government on everything. Because believe me, if you did not follow their policies, they would have no problem yanking the money. I know I've kind of been all over it. Um, here in the second half, and I apologize for that. Like I said, I wish that my one last night had saved, because I thought actually it was pretty good. But I did want to cover just a few of these things, talk about them. We're getting to a place of choosing. President Reagan was uh, governor of California when he gave his... Uh, speech at the Republican National Convention in 64, Time for Choosing. So you can go look it up on YouTube. It's well worth a watch. Um, It was very much in line with the libertarian conservatism that Barry Goldwater was espousing. Of course, even in the 60s, facing the communist monster, The American people were not ready to go back to the days of Calvin Coolidge. The days where the government was run by the people through their representatives. Now their representatives really have no say in anything. And we'll talk about that the next time. This is Snake River Lib. Taxation is theft, whether it's inflation, whether it's taking from one to give to another whether it's paying for stuff that's not necessary, which we're going to find out with the revised Build Back Better how much was necessary and how much wasn't. Have a great day.